stop asking like all of our friends and all of our family if you're going to succeed. If you believe you're going to succeed, then you're going to do what, what it takes to succeed. And I think that was what I needed to hear versus everyone being like, of course, do it. We believe in you. We'll support you. It was just the truth of if you believe it, you're probably going to do everything you can to make it succeed. Welcome to the Confidence Council podcast. This show is designed for high achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision just feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkhoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife, and I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. Today on the show, I am joined by a fabulous friend of mine and former coworker, attorney Kelsey Zubkoff. And trust me when I say Kelsey is unlike any attorney you have ever seen, and I mean that in the best way. Since the day I met her, Kelsey stood out to me as someone who just understands the concept of look good, feel good. The law can be like a super stuffy profession. You'll see a majority of female attorneys dressing like men, honestly. You know, navy, black, charcoal pantsuits, monochromatic color schemes, hair pulled back, but not Kelsey. Kelsey buzzed onto the legal scene in a hot pink suit, sparkly shoes, and took the field by storm with her authenticity. Kelsey is currently practicing immigration law in Arizona, where she just recently opened her own practice and has already had massive success as just the young age of 31 years old. I mean, she is incredible. Kelsey tells us how she made the law fit into her expectations of how she wanted her career to look, as opposed to fitting herself into a mold. We talk about things like lucky girl syndrome, celebrating your wins, staying grateful and humble. JOMO over FOMO, and so much more. Toward the end, Kelsey shares a manifestation hack that she swears by and that I'm also trying out, so stay tuned for that. This was such a fun episode to record. We had a lot of laughs, and I hope that you enjoy it. So let's get into it. Here is my interview with Kelsey Zipkoff. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are, what you're up to, and then we'll go from there. My name's Kelsey Zobkoff. I am 31 years old. I just actually started my own practice. So I do immigration law now, but we actually met when I was a summer associate at your law firm. So mm-hmm. first, I just wanted to go back for a second and just tell everyone 
my first impression of you and like why I'm so obsessed with you and why I thought you'd be perfect for this episode. So you stroll in with this like form fitted suit, this like hot pink blouse. You had like a lip, you had like a strappy shoe, a beautiful purse, nails, your hair was like beautifully coiffed, like, like lashes. You just looked like a Barbie doll. And I remember looking down and being like, I am the frumpiest one. And, and it's, it was so refreshing, but I have to be honest, like I was a little bit of a judge Judy, like in my head, like, Mm -hmm. you know, of course I'm obsessed with you. And I think that we clicked right away, but for a second, I think it was like my own, like, I don't know, what is it? Self-consciousness that, cause I never thought that I could do that. Like for the longest time, like I wouldn't get my nails done because I thought that the color would be too loud. Or like, I always wore pantyhose because I thought I had to show like decorum for the court and like be super respectful and always wear black and gray and be super boring because I thought that's what they expected of me. But the fact that you were like, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to wear hot pink. Like, just tell me getting dressed in the morning, knowing you're going into this super professional uptight field. How did you, how are you able to just put that aside? I don't, many people, myself included, couldn't for the longest time. I don't know why I don't, I didn't care, but it's kind of always been my attitude. I think somebody even recently asked me, like, how do you show self-love? And I was just truly thinking, well, if I don't love myself, who's going to love me, you know? And I think as women too, there's just so many expectations on us. Like, yeah, like you said, you can't be too bold. And it's like, who cares truly? Like if you're, if you know what you're talking about, but like, yeah, that's, they make us feel like it's so important that it's going to make or break like the case or something. Yeah. And I just think that it brings some fun into a workplace that is normally yeah, pretty uptight. So mm-hmm. we already are, or we used to be the minority. I think it's actually about even now, but not like partner wise or owning a firm wise, but we're getting there. Right. But I don't know why I just act like I don't care, even though I know that people are having the thought that you're having of like, well, that's kind of bold. Um, and when I actually settled a really big case recently, I wore a hot pink coat to the courtroom with sparkly like rhinestone Steve Madden pumps because I was like why not you know like this is one of the greatest victories I'll ever have in my career and I'm so young and everybody else is so much older than me they're all male Mm. I was the only female lawyer but I was much younger than everyone on the case so why not like we already stood out Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And like, you know, and if it's, if that, if putting that stuff on like feels you and it feels like your best self, like, why don't you do that every day? Like me putting on my frumpy Navy blue suit every day was not me living my best life by any means. You know, I'm like pushing past all the colorful blouses to put on the white, like Oxford, you know, Mm -hmm. and like pitting out in it and just wishing I had a colorful blouse on, you know? So it's like, I get it. And, but I can never do it. And now, you know, I'm all like, I care less. I feel like the older you get, you end up caring less, but you had that in you from the beginning. And it's just like so rare and so beautiful. And I feel like that has totally lent to your success. So tell me, cause I'm super curious. You, where were you before you decided to jump off to start your own thing? And what was that like breaking point where you're like, I cannot do this anymore. So that is a loaded question because it kind of has to do with the whole, the pathway of right. My whole, career in law but 
I guess a shorter answer is, so I was working in Chicago. I switched to plaintiff side because I was at an insurance defense firm and one of the contract attorneys told me, go work for my friend. He has this really big case that's going to go to trial soon. And I think you would be a really good asset because I love trial. You love trial too. You know, mm-hmm. like we, that's another thing we bonded over. So basically I went to a plaintiff's firm and then we were actually on trial when COVID started, like in the middle of trial, then COVID happened. And so my job turned remote and then the case ended up settling. I just got really good at working remote and my mom's friend owns an immigration firm here. And so I started just working part-time for him as well while I was doing like all of these depositions remote. And sh- Wait, so you were still working for a Chicago firm? Yeah. But moved to Arizona and they let you move? Or yeah. Like, my boss, you, but yeah. didn't care? No, my boss was really nice. He was super supportive of it. But I started learning immigration because my mom's friend who owns a firm, he wanted to retire. So he was like, you know, I want to hand it off to somebody who's half Filipino or at least Filipino American. So I started learning from him just part-time, like 10 hours. Like I didn't have much more capacity to be working. Basically, I started learning little things. Um, It was a lot easier than the stuff that we do in litigation. Like there was an appeal that I helped with and we, it was granted in two weeks. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, like an appeal in litigation would take, you know, years, years, years and years. So it was just something that was bringing me a lot of joy. So you have like, so you're saying like, you're seeing direct results as opposed to a case is dragging on for literally five years and it's still unresolved, right? That you're working on it for five years. There's no resolution. Yeah, it was, Here you have results in two weeks. Like you can see right. that success like so quickly. That's so much more exactly. rewarding than the long game. And the case that I was on um, at still in the Chicago firm started when I was in high school. It was on its 12th year. So just, <gasps> I mean, I was lucky I was on the last three years of that case. However, yeah, even when I entered our firm, I I had a very unrealistic experience as well. I got there and there was a federal trial that summer and I got to I got to be a part of that federal trial. I remember the partners telling me this is like so unrealistic that you got to see a two week long federal trial. You got to help because that took five to seven years, I think is what they told me. So, again, I had an unrealistic Mm -hmm. experience at the plaintiff's firm. I just it was the right timing. And so I just knew that I was never going to be that patient. (laughs) Like that is just so, so many years to see that the people in the community that I was able to help 12 years to get any type of justice for them is just too long for me. So basically I started doing immigration and then we settled the case. And so I was done with that other job because basically they hired me for that huge case. So I really enjoyed immigration, the little amount that I had been doing. I kept doing it. And then it just didn't actually seem like my boss that I was working for here in Arizona wanted to retire. So I don't know. There's just something in me. My dad is also an entrepreneur. Like my whole life, I've just seen him, you know, grow companies. So I think it was just in my, like somewhere in there, I was like, I... I'm going to do it one day. Mm-hmm. And my former boss basically only did like a niche part of immigration. And I really wanted to get into some other parts. So I figured if I'm going to learn a whole new area, I should just start my own. So I know it was really risky, but 
the worst part about starting business is like, how am I going to make any money? Like, am I going to get any clients? And my mom kept saying, I have clients, I have clients. Like, and I just was like, I'm going to trust her. She keeps telling me she has clients. And she really did. I was so lucky. I'm pretty sure maybe on my like first week, I got my first client because of her. So, so, you know, like, have you heard of that thing? I, I'm not on TikTok, but I feel like I've heard this thing about like lucky girl syndrome. Yeah. You've said like five times already. I was so lucky with this trial. Just so happened to be a two week federal trial. And then I like got into this firm and we just so happened to be on this awesome trial. And then I just happened to have a, like, I'm just so lucky. Like that is not a coincidence. Do you think? I totally agree that it's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and there's actually a TikTok I saw. It was saying, you know, that extra family member who dresses up to everything, even when she doesn't have to, and she's just really extra. Her birthdays are extra. Everything about her is extra. Do you notice that she always gets what she wants? And like, yeah, she creates that life. And I feel like, yeah, if you put it out there and you're confident, that's what should happen, even if it's not happening. Because it sounds all glamorous, my life, but there. It was so hard. There's so many times I almost stopped being an attorney. Like you just heard the good end part of how I'm really right, happy. But right. It's just a grind, yeah. you know, and I'm sure like people that'll resonate with other people in other like areas, yeah. right? It's, it's a grind for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, I just remember being like, I'm miserable. I'm in massive amounts of debt and I can't quit because I got in all this debt. So what made you, what like pulled you out of that? So I think basically I kept trying to move jobs because I kept thinking maybe this is, I'm miserable because of the work I'm doing. So I moved to insurance defense for my second associate position. And it was fun at first. The firm worked in like trial teams. It was really fun. I got to do this crazy, I was about to say I got lucky. I didn't say it, but um, (laughs) I was a part of this mock trial for like a $40 million trial. And I got to be work like in a room with the the guy whose name's on the wall. And it was just him and I. So that was really awesome. But I also got extremely burned out. So that mock trial was the start of a month and the trial was starting at the end of the month. And that month I worked 369 hours build. So that's like 16 hours a day for 30 days straight. (laughs) Plus that's not, we worked more than that. I was going home at midnight or 1 a.m. and back in the office by 6 to 7 a.m. And so I got extremely ill in the middle of a Chicago summer. And I'm so young. I shouldn't be this sick. And I began to burn out. And so then when I got the opportunity to oh go to plaintiff's side, that was kind of another thing that made me keep going. Just like the new experiences. So I guess I just kept hoping there was another job that would make me a little bit more fulfilled. But, um, and actually at that insurance firm, just speaking of the the pink thing, um, one of the partner actually one time wrote in our office, like when there's like a name plate, I guess he like put, he put Elle Woods on the name plate. Cause he was like, you wear pink every, you had a blog that was like legally brunette. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. You still have that? No. No, but that's the other thing. It's like you, you had a blog and then you had a podcast and now you have your own firm. It's just like you do these things and, and they're, it's so like people are so scared to take risks and put themselves out there in that way. And you just don't have that like thing holding you back. And it's so 
inspiring truly because most people aren't like that and again I think it's like I don't know I don't know what what's the answer like what can you tell people to be more like that I just think if you're not changing or you're not scared then what's the point of doing anything because nothing worth doing is going to be everything scary but when I was thinking about starting a firm I'm 31 what are the chances of success? Not great. But I kept asking my friends and family, do you think I can do this? And they were all just so confident that I could. So Mm -hmm. I kept getting the, like the affirmations I needed, but I was still extremely nervous. And I call my dad and ask him, do you think I can do this? And he was like, I don't think it matters what I think or what anyone thinks. Do you think you can do it? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and he he just said, that's all that matters. If you, if you believe it, then it's probably going to happen. So stop asking like all of our friends and all of our family if you're going to succeed. If you believe you're going to succeed, then you're going to do what, what it takes to succeed. And I think that was what I needed to hear versus everyone being like, course do it we believe in you we'll support you it was just the truth of if you believe it you're probably going to do everything you can to make it succeed I feel like that like just going now to manifestation I feel like that is like that one piece that most people miss right it was actually believing that it can happen Mm -hmm. to you you know you dream about it and you write it down and you think about it but not you don't actually believe that it can happen because it feels so far off but like you've somehow mastered that (laughs) and it I mean it's it's playing out in this like beautiful life for you and of course there's ups and downs in life but like it's everything kind of seems like it's falling into place right yeah and I think that it's annoying because I from a perspective of like you and I aren't as close. So it almost, you only see the the good stuff, right? The highlight reel of social media. And that's what most people see. So I just think it's also unattainable the life that we live where we're always comparing to everyone else because nobody knows what actually happened and how hard it was to get like where people are when they're posting their, their highlights. I think that's what stops a lot of people is the comparing and wondering if it's going to be what they think it's going to be. Is it going to be something that succeeds? What are people going to think versus just doing it because you want to do it? And yeah. And they don't see the failure and the late nights and the hard work behind the scenes that went into that final picture where you're standing in your sparkly shoes with that big win, you know, they didn't see the long hours and the, and the tears and right. And all the stuff that led up. Yeah. There's so many times I almost legitimately quit being a lawyer like I could probably think of 10 and I've only been practicing. It'll be five years. <laughs> yeah. It'll be five years in May of officially practicing. Mm-hmm. There's at least what twice a year where I'm ready to just, I'm looking at other careers and wondering what is my exit plan? <laughs> because I was so miserable. But if you think about the why, of like, why did I become a lawyer? I'm doing what I wanted to do, which was helping people. So that's amazing. But there's times where I didn't feel that way. And I was really discouraged. And so you created like this position and this new like business for yourself so that you can make it what you want. 
it to be, you know? So, yeah. so do you feel fulfilled now in your current practice? Oh yeah. It's, it's so fun. So I actually have some clients. I don't know. Have you seen 90 day fiance? Mm-hmm. So I have some clients from there. Wow. This happened because I keep messaging them on Instagram. So um, I have some clients on that show, which I was a huge fan of still. I'm a huge fan of. And my life is basically hearing people's love stories, which is really fun for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's something that is just really fun. I am genuinely interested in the consultations. I'm invested in uniting somebody with their fiance from another country. And then it's also a fun thing to think about. It's a, There's a sales aspect, which I've always loved sales. When I was thinking about quitting, I'm always like, what didn't I do? Like medical device, like some kind of, oh, yeah. you know, we were talking about with trial team. It's like, it was like sexy and like fun, mm-hmm. but that's not really how being a lawyer is. Not at all. Trial team's really fun, but it's not like reality. No, like, no. <laughs> so it's just really awesome that it ended up that that's what I'm doing. Cause my mom's from the Philippines. So it also is just, I mean, we're a country of immigrants, so the whole thing is very fulfilling and I love it. Yeah. I just think it's fun. I am very proud of what I do and I love talking about it and it's really interesting. Well, it's like pouring out of you and I could totally feel yeah. like you really love it. And I think that's beautiful. So you, do you get burnt out now, even though you're fulfilled and happy? Oh yeah. Still, yeah. Okay. Another thing that I think makes me a big flaw that I have <laughs> is that the expectations that I have on myself, when I hit them, I just, I never celebrate getting there. That's so yeah. me. That's so me. And You're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. It's very frustrating because I'm so good at celebrating my friends and, and everyone I know and letting them know how proud I am. But for myself, it's like, even if I hit that thing that I said I was going to hit, it doesn't matter. I'm just thinking of the next thing that I need to do, stressing myself out for absolutely no no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually my new year's resolution to just make sure I celebrate instead of what I normally do, which is just setting the next goal and not enjoying anything and like being really hard on myself, Yeah, which is like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. Cause I totally <laughs> resonate with that. You know, I just got promoted at the firm and, um, Congrats. you know, I, Thank you. And I took my, you know, like 30 minute victory lap on the emails where people were like emailing me to congratulate me. And then we had a Christmas party and I, I took a couple of pats on the back and then I went home and I was like, hmm, now what? You know, it was fun for like 10 right. minutes. It's and now, honestly, now what? Yeah. We work our entire lives, right? We have to get good grades. We have to be at the top of our class in law school against everybody who's also been the smartest people Ever. So you're competing in an impossible environment. And then I push myself to graduate early while still working, while being on trial, like crazy stuff. And then I take the bar early and I, my whole goal was I'm going to walk across that stage and I'm going to have my license. Like what, what a feat. Right. And the moment was just like, whatever, but it was something that I had to work. Like the sound of a balloon deflating, like I was just I don't know it just like wasn't what I thought that my whole life was leading up to like that was such a big 
deal. And it was really cool because my last name Zubkoff and they told us to hold the applause till the end. And I was the last person. Uh-huh. So it should have been like one of the coolest moments of my life. But I just remember I was just thinking about work. Like, I'm so about to how did work. so how did like you get out of that mindset? Because you said that now you have like this gratitude practice and you try to be grateful and everything. So like obviously in that moment you didn't have that no gratitude, you know. And I can say I was the same, you know. And I feel like yeah. it's kind of shifted for me since, and it's like totally changed my life. What, yeah, what, like I, when did that shift for you? Yeah, I don't know how I started practicing gratitude and mindfulness, but it helps. <laughs> We're always searching for happiness, but like it's just moments. And I don't remember how or when I learned that, but that's what I think helps is that it's just moments of happiness and learning to be grateful for health. I think COVID helped so much. I was so burnt out and just, I think I used to sleep four to five hours and I thought it was normal. I just was like, that's the life I was living since college in college I had four jobs in law school I was working and on trial team you don't sleep yeah and I thought it was so normal and I thought I was awesome for doing that yeah (laughs) yeah you like kind of think it's cool being so busy and like you like almost brag about it yeah or Mm -hmm. I'd go to bed it'd be 2 a.m I knew I had to get up by like six or seven to get to work but um then COVID happened and I was able to get sleep and just be a better human (laughs) And I, now I, I think I was crazy. I, I need eight hours of sleep. It's so important to life. And you're not going to be able to keep up. You're going to burn out super quick if yeah. you're not already there. And it's not going to help anything, you know? No. And I remember I used to brag about it and be so proud of it. And now I brag that I get eight to 10 hours and I'm like a huge Kardashian fan and Kim Kardashian, she brags about sleeping. She like posts her aura ring. Really? really she gets eight to ten hours per night and she's one of the busiest people ever and yeah I think it is so important and I just think wellness has become in which probably Mm -hmm. helps you know like the non-alcoholic thing I was just telling you about that I don't drink anymore I just think that probably would have been something I'd be made fun of for in law school if I didn't drink and now I'm proud of it so I don't care what people think yeah, yeah. The, I used to come home from work and maybe five days a week. Well, no, work, you work five days a week, but maybe four days a week have wine and watch TV after work. And like, and not, and I know a lot of people that still do that. And like, all the power to you if that helps you wind down. But like, I found that it like was messing with my sleep. I wasn't able to like fall asleep right away. I was having like restless leg syndrome. And when mm-hmm. I just like stopped, I would wake up clearer. I wasn't like, ugh, getting out of bed I in the morning. I used to have restless leg syndrome and I'm now correlating that, yeah, that probably yeah. had to do yeah. with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that, that was part of it. And then you wake up and you're like dreading going back to work because you have a little bit of a hangover. You just mm-hmm. don't feel great. Even if you got a lot of sleep, you don't feel restored because it just messes with your system. So like same. And I have kids now. So it's like, no, thank you. It has to be something super important for me to, or some huge event or some reason that I'm drinking because it's not worth it in the morning to feel horrible anymore. It's just not. Yeah. I think uh, obviously age also, we just can't recover anymore. (laughs) I can't hang. No. And also like, let's stop like glorifying being busy. You know, people are like, how are you? And they're like, so busy. And it's like, that's 
okay, that's not really cool. Yeah. But it used to be me. <laughs> it, me too. I'm so busy. And they're like, oh, she's so busy. And it's like, who is that cool for? No one. That like nobody cares that. I actually yesterday told my best friends we had like a movie night planned and I was just really tired. I probably did like 20 consultations last week. And so I told them, sorry, I don't think I can do tonight. I know I'm going to have FOMO, but I'm tired. Like, I didn't want to go to the movies. I wanted to do nothing, and I did it. Yeah, and, and you just have to choose yourself sometimes, you know? Yeah, and I love my friends, and I normally don't even like eating alone, but I chose that because I was tired, and it felt great. Mm-hmm. So. I know that they'll still love me even if I'm not there. You know, I think I'm going to be fine, right? So the FOMO 100%. is like, totally care about the FOMO. Mm-hmm. There's a new phrase that I love it's called Jomo and it's the joy of missing out oh I'm totally a (laughs) Jomo I love that yeah we converted to Jomo and we'll make it trend or something but totally that's how I feel now it's it's pretty awesome so you said you had a manifesting story I want to hear that well first of all I just am a huge advocate of manifesting because why not it's the same thing as like self-love if you don't love yourself how do you expect other people to and I I don't believe in that you can't be loved if you don't love yourself. I I say it more that just you should love yourself because you're great and Mm -hmm. who cares about comparing and we're like, everyone is so hard on, I keep saying women, I mean, I'm sure it's hard for men too, but we're just so hard on ourselves and we're always comparing and it's like, everybody's beautiful and just embrace yourself as much as you embrace your friends and your mom and everybody else. Mm -hmm. So that's like the first thing. But anyways, back to manifesting. I don't know when I started manifesting, but I just believe in it. I truly do. I think two years ago, I even made a lock screen vision board for me and my fiance and a few of my friends and everything on my lock screen came true. Like everything. (laughs) My fiance is a huge numbers guy. So he actually looked up like on average, how many times did we look at our home screen? And it was, it was like 34,000 times in a year. Like, so you're going to be seeing this thing all the time. And I'm sorry, my number might be way off. It's on Google. But anyway, it's, it's a yeah. lot. So I was like, why would I make a vision board when I can just have it on my phone? So and I would also be happy to make you one because they're great. But anyway, wait, wait, I'm sorry. So you're do you make vision boards for other people and they manifest for other people? Yeah. No way. Yeah, my my do they ask you what to put on on what to put mm-hmm. on it? Yeah. Interesting. Because I thought part of the practice was like as you're like gluing and stuff and you're putting it together you're getting like into the vibe and the feeling but you're saying no 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 you don't even need that I can make it for you Mm -hmm. right okay so then what do you do after that so basically you make it your lock screen and then you just see it all the time because it's you're I mean how often do you look at your phone gajillion times a day yeah so it's just always there okay I'll just tell you what's on it so Basically, it says at the top, it says save your damn money because I was so bad at money back in the day, um, which I am better at now. Um, One quote says it's already yours, the universe. Another one says businesswoman. And yeah, that happened. Actually, so so this is when you put that word down. Did you mean like business owner? I don't know what I meant. So I typed Mm -hmm. it. But this is my 2022 one. So that's kind of funny because that's the year I started my firm. Yeah. I don't know what I wrote and what I meant by it, but I wrote that one. It wasn't like a picture. 
oh, one has an engagement ring that literally looks just like my engagement ring and I did get engaged. One says sweat now, glow later. And that's when I found Pilates and actually became obsessed with Pilates. And I, at this point in my life, have never like loved a workout. And that was kind of cool. Because and now you're I, like trying to cancel our interview because you wanted to do like back-to-back classes. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then another one says boss lawyer with a picture of Elle Woods. And then it says buy houses. I did not buy a house because the market has been crazy, but we did. Mm-hmm. We actually had just finished buying our first home at the beginning of 2020. Oh, so I guess all of it didn't happen. So, wow. Yeah, and there's like pictures and stuff, but. And so, and so you're saying that all you did was just create this vision board, make it your lock screen, your background on your phone. So like whenever you just click on it, like, so where it shows the time, like that was your vision board. Yeah. And you just, throughout the day, as you touch it, you would see it. And then, and then did you do anything else or was that it? Well, I think that when you are looking at something all the time, it's just like on your mind, I guess, because when you just asked me, when you wrote Businesswoman, were you thinking you're going to open a business? No, but I just always felt that way that I was a businesswoman. It wasn't like very intentional that, oh, that means I'm going to open my own business. So it's kind of funny to, to think about all of that, but I'll send you like what it looks like. But obviously it's also very visually pleasing. So it's like something fun to look at. And I think it just helps also. I remember, I think by... April or something, everything on my vision board was happening. Like, and we went to New York and went ring shopping. So I knew I was getting engaged. It was like, I'm like, wow, my vision board is amazing. I've almost done all of it. And I was bragging. And I remember looking at the, uh, there was a couple of things about health and I'm like, wait, I'm not doing that part. Mm-hmm. And so it's also just a good reminder that, Hey, there's other stuff I wanted besides to be successful in my career and get engaged this year. I also really cared about my health. It was just kind of good to look at everything and see like, did I really get that done? So I don't well, know. I think a lot of, a lot of people don't even know what they want. And I right. feel like the fact that you put the little pictures down or a few words is more than 90% of the population does. They just are living their life on autopilot. You know, they're just going through the motions. They don't know what they want or what they want to do. And until you can kind of figure that out, you're not going to go anywhere new, right? That's what I think. So I feel like that practice alone, it's like, and then I think I read somewhere that when you look at stuff, same with like affirmations, if you keep repeating stuff, it like makes new grooves in your brain. And like, and then it, and then it subconsciously, you, you see opportunities that you probably would have passed because they mm-hmm. like make sense to this new version of you or whatever. Have 100%. you heard that too? Yeah. And I think it can be in the reverse too. I read something recently that, you know, I have anxiety. And when you are constantly thinking of the worst thing, your your brain doesn't actually know the difference between like reality and what you're thinking about all the time. So if I'm constantly thinking that I'm going to fail at something, like my brain is thinking that I'm probably going to fail. So I try to control the anxiety and the negative thoughts because, yeah, I remember reading that recently that your dreams, like your brain does not know if that's reality or not. So if you're dreaming that you're going to be a failure every night, then you, you're you potentially ruining your brain. <laughs> so you have to just practice believing in yourself. And when you are supposed to manifest things, you're supposed to say that you already have it. Like, I am grateful that I own a law firm, right? I yeah, probably like speak in the present tense. Yeah, even though yeah. I didn't have a law firm, I'm sure I wrote that down somewhere because that's just the rules of manifesting. Mm-hmm. So 
And I think on 2-22 or 2-22-22, I was supposed to write like 22 things I was grateful for and then 22 things I wanted. And it's some written down somewhere. I learned it from TikTok. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those things on the what I wanted have happened. And a lot of those are also not attainable in a year kind of goals. So yeah, it's just fun to even look at those kinds of things, set those goals for yourself because it's great when you reach them and you're like, wow, I did that. Yeah. But now we actually have to like stop and like pat ourselves on the back long enough. Right. right? That's still a big problem for me. Like still working on that. So manifesting all the things, but then have to stop and celebrate them too. Right. What is one thing that you do when you need a confidence boost or you feel like you just want to like feel your best? Getting ready. Yeah. I think getting ready is a big, big deal putting on those outfits that you know you're going to feel your best in, I think it will just turn your mindset around. Putting on your makeup, doing your hair when you don't feel like it just helps. But that's a good one. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not, it's not that hard. I mean, you don't have to get like dolled up. There is a difference with like even putting just a little bit of something on just to feel like pulled together. It makes a big difference. Kind of slopping around the house all day, you know? It's, It's even the same with... For working out, I love getting a new aloe set. I just feel like the workout's going to be way better because I love the clothes I'm in. I thousand percent <laughs> agree with that. Instead of like a loose, saggy t-shirt with right. like mismatched pants, if you have like a matching set, you just feel like the bomb, it's right? The and you work out harder. Yes. You're like vibing yourself in the mirror. And I'm like sucking in more because there's so yeah. many <laughs> and you like stay longer because you want to be seen in the outfit right like you would have (laughs) okay that's a good one if okay so if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice what would it be I think I would tell myself in high school you're gonna do everything that you want to do like it's okay that you're not cool and you're not getting asked to prom because you're gonna peak later in life (laughs) and just keep going you know like everything's gonna be okay versus I just felt like I was so hard on myself I'm sure everybody was Mm -hmm. just telling myself it's gonna be okay you know all the heartbreak is all gonna be worth it you're gonna hate being a lawyer but it's gonna be worth it one day you know like it's okay Mm -hmm. nothing's going to be easy but everything that you're gonna do is going to be worth it it's all leading to something Right. If I didn't have the worst ex-boyfriends ever, I wouldn't appreciate my fiance who's just so supportive and so kind. You don't go for the nice guys normally. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's like you have to go through some crap to appreciate the rainbow at the end of the day. A thousand percent. For sure. Believe in yourself like you do. (laughs) How can people connect with you? Um, You can find me on Instagram. So it's at Zubkoff Law for my firm or at Kelsey Zubkoff on Instagram. That's all I do. I actually can help people all across the country. So I I have clients in Florida, Boston, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest. It's fun. I can help people everywhere and across the world. I have clients in Africa, Philippines. Wow. Yeah, that's super awesome. Okay, great. Well, then now you know how to connect with Kelsey. And I think that's, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. 
If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.